When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your recording on Sunday, July 9th, 2023 at 2.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorry for the confusion, guys. We've had technical difficulties and all that whatnot, and nobody cares. But uh, so talking with uh, Mr. Frank Gaffney today and your book, The Indictment, about uh, China, the CCP, and their crimes against humanity. Probably one of the better ones I've read. I've read a hundred year marathon by um uh was it uh Mike Pillsbury? Mike Pillsbury, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I've had on uh Brigadier General Robert Spaulding. I've had him on for Stealth War and um I guess the Secret War. Um but uh those are all wild books. Obviously, you know, I was telling you beforehand, Doctor Malone, Gordon Chang, Doctor Hatfield. Mm-hmm. I think yours is one of the more because it's a five hour audiobook and the link to it is in the description. It's one of the more concise kind of it's it's like when you write a paper in college all night and you're and you're jacked up on coffee and it's very clear <laughs> that it's a rough draft versus when you do it correctly and you kind of fine hone it and take out the fluff yours is the one that's the fluff is taken out it's not a mm-hmm. it's not an Adderall frenzied term paper but with that Mr. Gaffney could you please introduce yourself sure Tommy thank you I, I think that that's one of the better uh, reviews I've had is <laughs> it's not an Adderall yeah <laughs> term paper um well, my name is Frank Afney. I had the privilege early in my life uh, to have the experience of working in the United States Senate for two United States senators of uh, considerable renown, uh, one Democrat, Scoop Jackson, the other uh, John Tower, a Republican. Um, that turned into an opportunity to serve in the Reagan Defense Department, initially as a deputy assistant secretary and then acting as an assistant secretary of defense. And it's been pretty much downhill as a career goes since then, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Uh, I shortly after I left the Pentagon founded uh, with a number of my friends, uh, an organization that I think of as sort of an agitation operation called the Center for Security Policy to promote what Reagan, I think impressed upon the world was um, the only strategy for national security that really works. And that is peace through strength. Mm-hmm. And we've been promoting it uh, for the past 35 years. Uh, I'm currently the executive chairman of the center. One of the things that's distinguishing about that organization and has been really from its inception is that we've believed, as Reagan did, that there was really no limit to what you could get done if you didn't care who got the credit. Yeah. So we routinely pull together uh, coalitions, tiger teams, working groups, task forces, whatever you want to call them, to get things done that an individual organization almost always can't. And one of the best of them is what we call our Committee on the Present Danger, China. And the committee of which I'm the vice chairman under Brian Kennedy's leadership has been uh, well responsible for producing, by the time we put this book to bed, about 70, uh, currently about 105 webinars most of which were focused on one or the other or both of two really important issues. The unrestricted warfare that the Chinese Communist Party has been waging against us for decades, that most of us don't even know is underway, let alone how damaging it's been to our country, to our economy, to our freedoms, 
to our constitutional republic. And the other, every bit as important, who in the United States has been helping them wage that unrestricted warfare against us, uh, what we call, well, what they call uh, their friends in the United States. And uh, what we tried to do with this book, which I think helped it avoid the Adderall <laughs> phenomenon, is distill the essence of the analysis, the insights, and the recommendations of the, oh, I don't know, probably 200 different people who contributed in one shape way or form to those webinars into this book, The Indictment. And we've got, uh, an, I think, a reasonably easy way to both get what the problem is in terms of the threat we face from the CCP, as it's called, and um, the enemies within who we have to contend with because they are very much part of the threat we now face. Uh more than just very much i would say the overwhelming majority because you know as they know they, they they can't not yet not in 2023 not yet but they cannot take on the u.s military its power is still overwhelming and that is hence the point of the uh, unrestricted warfare they have to do it by other means and i mean as as brigadier general robert spaulding says and i think the opening paragraph of stealth war you have to respect your enemy it is a beautiful mm -hmm. war that they're waging it is it is absolutely it's 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 wildly intelligent and you have to respect it, but they, ca they can't take on the United States. I mean, again, the military size and again, just separated by two oceans, it it's difficult. But what you can do is you can do elite capture, which is, I mean, really going for the, the most powerful, I guess, foundation pieces in the building that is the United States. And then what you also said, the, the double, the, the win-win of, of the, of the wall street capture. So not only do you get the revenue, but you also get the primary donors that puts mm. the people into the white house that you want to win. And as you also said, with intelligence assets, an asset is someone that you do control, you know what they're going to do. You don't want, you don't want someone that is going to act in a way that maybe you can't control. Are they a double agent? Are they a triple agent? Are they, are, are they a loose cannon? And I mean, I've, I don't think it's a unique point that I've made. It's certainly not my own, but I think it's very obvious that, and it, it sounds insane to say, but I mean, the, the president is, is, is captured simply by the acts. Remove, remove Joe Biden, remove all of the emotions that come with hating him as a conservative or liking him as a Democrat. Just remove it all. Remove orange man bad for Trump. Just remove it all and just list the things that, that has happened in two years primarily primarily selling off the strategic oil reserve that is that is primarily it and i don't know how you fight against it and the i i believe that the the government is is beyond corrupt and and beyond evil i still and perhaps it's just my own mind i still can't bring myself to believe that virtually everyone is bad which makes me think that there has to be God-fearing, country-loving patriots in the government that are still, yes, beholden to the president. But I don't, I, I can't rationally argue that there's no way they don't have all of this information. There's no way the NSA or the, 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 N, uh, the NRO or the NGA, there's no way that this hasn't all been captured. They, 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 they have to, there's no way you can communicate. And so that's what I kind of wanted to ask you is what is the realistic way 
to fight against this beautiful war that they're waging. Yeah. Well, I guess it's beautiful from the perspective of the Chinese Communist Party. Sure. And it, maybe is, from uh, it is objectively the aesthetic of, a, it is objectively of an admiring beautiful. professional, sure. but boy, it's been nothing but ugly for well, us. It's, it's evil. Look, there's a lot to unpack there, Tommy, if I can just sort of go through a couple of different thoughts, because I, I think uh, much of what you've said I agree with, and, and there's one key point on which I think we may disagree. Um, there are clearly still good people in the United States government. I had the privilege of working in, as I mentioned, a long time ago, and I've been following closely what's happened in the intervening period. They are horrifically badly led. And unfortunately, over time, uh, a cohort of senior executive service members, as well as the overlay of political appointees, has given rise to a permanent bureaucracy that is, at least at the senior levels, I think deeply penetrated, mm. compromised, captured, you know, submitting to the Chinese Communist Party, or for that matter, Marxists within our own society, which is a huge problem. It doesn't really matter what the vast majority of those in government believe or want to do, except maybe as whistleblowers. But what the leaders are doing is basically where that administrative state is taking things. And it can do it even, as we saw under Donald Trump, when the president and the people nominally working for him at the political level um, were in charge. Point one. Point two, I believe that the Chinese Communist Party has actually come to the conclusion it does now have a military option against the United States. They may be wrong about that. I hope they're wrong about that, needless to say. But wars, as you know, Tommy, are often fought on the basis of miscalculations. Somebody thinks that, you know, they've been signaled that there will not be resistance, or somebody thinks that the cost will not be excessively large, acceptable, in other words, and they go for it. That could well be what's now in the works. But I fear, and it's kind of an essential part of this book, is that the Chinese have been so successful with, as you say, this beautiful unrestricted warfare program, and with having, as you also said, the commander-in-chief of the United States military, being what my colleague and friend and major contributor to this um, series of webinars and books, uh, Charles Sam Faddis, a career intelligence undercover operative for the CIA who used to recruit and run agents for our country. And he says in the lexicon of the trade, the intelligence business, in other words, Joe Biden is a, quote, controlled asset hmm. of the Chinese Communist Party. And to your point, he, he makes the you know complimentary, complimentary point. If you're not a controlled asset, you are not an asset. You could be any number of the things that you talked about, a double agent, a loose cannon, what have you, but you're not an asset. Only if you're controlled can you be considered as such. And Joe Biden, I'm quite sure, is considered by Xi Jinping and his ilk to be fully controlled. And it's not just the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, my friend, that is a tell in terms of what this guy has done. My personal assessment, and again, I've, I've been studying this assiduously for the past, whatever it's been now, two and a half years. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that every policy decision 
every one, foreign and domestic, by this administration has been bad for America and good for the Chinese Communist Party. Now you may quibble and you say, well, maybe there's, there's one or two. Think of this, possibly. But I would say overall, the overwhelming majority, for sure, have emboldened our enemies into believing the United States is now in an irreversible tailspin, decline, waning power. And their ascendancy is assured. And when you combine that core, that calculation, may be wrong again, but that calculation with the increasing military capabilities that they have built up, as you say, with the help of their friends on Wall Street, using our money to underwrite their buildup. And by the way, we just did the most recent of these webinars, and all of them are available for free, Tommy, at present dangerchina.org was a stupendous one. I mean, bone chilling, but stupendous. About Neil Shen, one of the leaders of something called Sequoia Capital. Mm -hmm. These are guys who are described as the most successful venture capitalists in the world. And they work for the Chinese Communist Party. Neil Shen is actually described in the course of the webinar as a member of the Chinese Communist Party, a Chinese national, a consultant, uh, an employee, but also a member. And what he has been able to do that complements what those guys on Wall Street are doing from the Silicon Valley perspective is sit in what they call the viewing rooms. When people with technology coming to Sequoia Capital for seed money or you know other venture capital lay out their stuff the best of what they've got the technology that's really cutting edge the things that will be both competitively and militarily the most consequential developments in our country and he has been sharing all of it with the chinese communists and now and this is my last point Thank you for indulging me. Two different think tanks, the Australian Strategic Policy Institute and here in the United States, the American Enterprise Institute, have recently and independently assessed the relative strengths of Chinese and U.S. technology. And they conclude, both of them, that Overwhelmingly, the Chinese now surpass our technology capabilities, including mostly, uh, not mostly, but, but including, I should say, in most of the militarily decisive technologies of the future. And that is a formula, my friend, for the defeat and quite possibly the destruction of our beloved country. And they're... Beautiful, beautiful points, and I, I think you are correct. Is I do, I do think that they are a direct military threat, and they are capable of of winning. I mean, they are up to I think one third the military expenditures of the United States. Just a decade ago, that wasn't the case, and it's climbing every year. Their shipbuilding capacity far outweighs ours, 
and their mm. current Navy far outweighs ours. And their Belt and Road Initiative is they are doing what we did during the Cold War, our, our Marshall Plan, our, you know, kind of winning hearts and minds. They're, so if they're not doing it just through military, they're also doing it, I mean, objectively, how could you blame a third world nation for going against them? If they're providing grain and railroads, however, you know, eye-rolling that may seem to us in a first world country, that's massive. They are winning over people. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a tired point. But it, it, if I could just say, yeah. it may not be so much grain, but it certainly is money yeah. to build that infrastructure, railroads, ports, airfields, road networks, access to mining and, and all the rest. You're absolutely right about that. And again, I think that's our money yeah. that they're using to build this colonial infrastructure, only unlike the Marshall Plan, which was principally, as you know, focused on Europe. This is all over the planet. We did a study about this uh, about a year ago and realized, I, I was astonished, A hundred at the time, 147 countries out of, what, 190 or so, are part of the Belt and Road Initiative now, all over the world. And the most insane thing is like... <laughs> It's like if I went to Washington, D.C., first of all, you know, they track every phone going in and out of there. But what what I could not do is build a hotel, I don't know, 40, 50 floors, within half a mile of the White House for very obvious reasons. Just like uh, in James Bamford's Shadow Factory, they talk about how the NSA shut down a an apartment building being built like two miles from Fort Meade because it had line of sight. And they, they did the whole national security background. Turns out it really was nothing. But nonetheless, I think they bought the land and then just demolished it because they're like, you cannot be here. That's what you do when you have actual threats. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, I think they're called the, the, the America Sentinels. The uh, There's a great like 15-minute YouTube doc on the soldiers that defend the ICBM uh, silos out in the Midwest. I mean, lethal force for obvious reasons. They say whether it's a raccoon or whether it's Spetsnaz, you always assume it's the latter. These are things you do near vital assets. So you then have to objectively view how in God's name are we approving the purchase, not only of farmland because it's, you know, our grain and as you said, without food, we die, but near military assets. I mean, not just in the basic... If you build a if you build a building near the White House, someone could go up there with a sniper rifle, but also just just being present. How can you buy farmland near a military base for all sorts of elint and sigint capture? You cannot do that. I get maybe letting one happen as some high level counterintelligence game, see what they're capable of. I, I, I understand that. I've I've read a million books in the Cold War too. I, I, I get that. But hundreds? And increasing and having yep. the FBI shut down their, their their China infiltration unit because it might be xenophobic. The, right. This isn't bumbling efforts. Joe yeah, Biden's no, stupid. Not. This is competent, willful, malicious sabotage. Yeah. By, I believe, Marxists and yes. what I call Obama-Biden 3.0. Yeah. Because this began in earnest. I mean, to some extent in Clinton, but in earnest. Big time, fundamental transformation of the United States. Remember that line with Obama 1.0? And it has now fully metastasized under what I think is probably principally an Obama-run 
Biden administration. But, you know, where I thought you were going to go with that, it's such an interesting point, Tommy. Um, of course, in Washington, D.C., you're not allowed to build a building over, I don't know, eight stories, 10 stories, something like that, 12. Um, during the Cold War, unbelievably, we let the Soviets build an embassy with line of sight of all of Washington, D.C. There was some consternation about it at the time, uh, but believe it or not, we have allowed in the space of the past couple of years, the Chinese Communist Party to buy another arguably even better piece of real estate with an even better line of sight over all of Washington, D.C., which they completely refurbished in a building that's got to be, oh, I'd guess maybe 15 stories, something like that, sitting on top of a hill overlooking all of Washington. Uh, you know, that's not on Joe Biden. That was successive presidencies that uh, allowed that to take place. And I, I can't for the life of me, especially after our experience with the Soviet embassy, tell you how that could possibly have happened. The only thing I pray is that when we were presiding over the refurbishing of that building, even though I think that it was entirely Chinese labor that was doing it, I don't know that for sure, but I hope that we were getting, you know, bugs planted all over the place, as I think we tried to do when the embassy was being built for the Soviets, too. But but the principle is, is absolutely what you say it is. You don't want to give your adversaries those kinds of advantages, whether it's in Washington, D.C., at Fort Meade, at Grand Forks Air Force Base, or any place else in our country, uh, off of the shores in Cuba, for example, with, you know, uh, within listening distance, certainly to signals intelligence for Central Command and Southern Command and, you know, various Air Force bases and so on. I mean, this is crazy. And, you know, the the rule of thumb, and it's kind of one of the principles, we, we haven't talked yet about the book much, but the structure of it is that we're dealing with a transnational criminal organization in the Chinese Communist Party that has engaged now rather systematically in both crimes against humanity, notably their own people, mm -hmm. some Uyghurs and Tibetans and others, yeah, but mostly Han Chinese, a hundred million of whom they've killed, without counting the 400 million, maybe 500 million now, that they've actually boasted about killing as babies in the womb, as part of their population control. There's, there's never been a more monstrous criminal enterprise in the history of mankind. I think you could put all of the other candidates together and they, they're pale by comparison. But in addition to that, which is important not only from the moral perspective, Tommy, you know, just how repugnant and, and horrific this is, but from the perspective that just think about it for a second, are we likely to be treated better by these guys if they get their hooks into us, then they've treated their own people? Not bloody likely. But then there are, we described eight other war crimes that the unrestricted warfare conducted by a transnational criminal organization has perpetrated against us. In the lead up to the possible shooting war that may be coming next, and the elite capture 
is absolutely central to this. But in addition to all of that, which is kind of the, the core of the book, the indictment, we've got 20 different action items that we recommend. And in addition to all of them, basically a rule of thumb, which brings me to your point, ought to operate. If we don't have the right to do something in communist China, they should not be allowed to do it here. And whether it's putting, you know, buildings or, you know, enterprises within spitting distance of sensitive facilities or, oh, how about having 300, some say 400,000 students in our colleges and universities, campuses all over the country? Or maybe how about this? Allowing, I'm told, as many as maybe 10 thousand unaccompanied military aged chinese men to come across our borders in recent months with seemingly pretty much identical backpacks and canteens and moving in units i, I i'm pretty sure the chinese would not allow us to even approach their borders let alone cross them with anything remotely like what look a lot like, frankly, special forces units. So the rule of thumb, if they won't let us do it there, no, they're not going to do it here. And to the extent they are doing it here, we need to shut it down, hmm. full stop, as part of getting on a war footing, which is the action item that we think is right at the top of the list. Yeah, and it's uh, I've had on Michael Yon a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about the Greenberry, or not, excuse me, he's former Greenberry, he's talking about the special right. forces, yeah, coming over, military-age men. Fit, One of our great resources, <laughs> yeah, you bet. Fit guys, and, you know, they don't toss their passports, they burn them. Like, you, you cannot, you cannot. And they pretend they don't speak English, exactly. as he's discerned as well. Exactly, and yeah. it's, 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 we wonder how this can happen. And um, I guess really two two things to jump on from there is, you know, you, you could argue, let's say you really hate America, you could argue that we're getting angry because the Chinese are taking our spot as world hegemon. And that's, you know, that's no different than Blockbuster getting angry at Netflix. Yeah, sure. I, I, OK, in a vacuum, I get it. I don't agree with that because I think the world is a zero sum game. And yes, the, the argument alone could be, yeah, I don't want to be second place. I, I don't want anyone to be first. Shut up. The, the end. That That's that's rule of the jungle. But. If you want to go into the more moral and ethical aspects of it, what they're doing is insane with concentration camps and Uyghurs and organ harvesting. How this is not how how this is not the the front page of every newspaper for years in a society that gets angry when you don't use the correct pronoun that they yeah. are that they are torturing Uyghurs and removing their organs. I don't and a lot of other peoples too. Falun yeah. Gong, Christians, yes. others yeah. too. So that alone is Well tell is, me, could I can I just respond yeah, to go for it. You know, how how could this seemingly inexplicable uh well, capture you know, of all the media situation be taking place? Bing, elite capture. The media of the United States, like Hollywood elites, like academic elites. We talked about Wall Street. And, and Silicon Valley, and, and for that matter, other business elites, Walmart, for example, Apple, to say nothing of our political elites, have all been systematically targeted, sports figures and, and on and on, systematically targeted, and yes, captured 
by the Chinese Communist Party. So, and media, most of whom don't have a pot to pee in, frankly, are now so hooked up to, in the case of the New York Times, for example, or the Washington Post, those advertising supplements, which just put pure Chinese Communist Party propaganda in the pages of newspapers of record in our country. Or maybe it's, you know, the uh, the sponsorship that they do of various other programs on other media. You have a powerful vested interest not to anger the Chinese communists, not to put them in a bad light, not to even tell the truth about what they're doing, even when that truth materially affects the security of our country. But that's where we are, and it is from, you know, the Chinese perspective, as General Spalding says, a beautiful form of warfare oh, and highly de decisive, I'm afraid, if we don't fix it. Is it a stretch to say, if we're, if we're hypothesizing that Biden's a captured asset, is it a stretch to say that we are funding Ukraine, not just funding, but providing munitions to the degree that we are, in essence, to drain our, our stockpile so that they can move on Taiwan? Look, uh, a, a simple, we, we, a may, we, may get, we may get an argument as to whether why we're doing it is to counter the horrors that Vladimir Putin is inflicting upon the people of Ukraine. But the practical effect, my friend, is exactly what you've said. And I think the Chinese calculated that. They greenlighted that invasion. As you know, I think they thought it was likely to be more or less a walk in the park. Maybe it wouldn't take two or three days, but, you know, it was not going to be an untidy affair. That's what Putin thought. That's what Putin told them. The junior partner in their No Limits partnership. In point of fact, I suspect they're somewhat embarrassed by how it's turned out and maybe a little bit uh, peevish, shall we say, about how, how Vladimir is doing. In fact, we've, we've had some conversations with some of our experts about uh, maybe this is a time for them to engineer a little regime change in Russia. Mm. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Whatever the motivation, whatever the buy-in from Xi Jinping, it has benefited the Chinese Communist Party to have us pouring money we don't have and, more importantly, pouring weaponry we don't have. I mean, this controversy about cluster bombs, cluster munitions at the moment, why are we sending cluster munitions there? Because we don't have enough artillery shells to even begin to meet the burn rate of what they're using up. And we've taken them out of our emergency stocks in Israel, for one, and, and South Korea, for another. And I'm sure they're out of whatever was still there in Europe. In other words, this will serve the Chinese Communist Party's military ambitions. And again, goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, Tommy. If the Chinese may be poised to go to war, maybe it's on the basis of a calculation that we're running out of ammo, for example, among other weapons. And haven't they recently, isn't very recently, haven't they started putting extreme 
limits on uh, exports of uh, certain rare earth metals that we use in all the circuitry for our advanced drone systems? Well, for chips, yeah, among other things, yeah. No, well, you'll be pleased to know that Janet Yellen engaged in a conversation about that. Apparently, yeah, yeah they're doing that, uh, and I think that's just one of the strategic supply chains upon which we are dependent that they've already begun squeezing or certainly are poised to. Uh, another one that's a non-trivial problem is medicine. As I'm sure you know, basically just about everything we use, the generics as well as prescription drugs, or at least their key ingredients, come from the Chinese Communist Party. Even the stuff that doesn't, like from India, draws on raw materials that the Chinese sell them. So, uh, and by the way, it's not just that you, Joe Citizen, might not have your heart medication or your cholesterol treatment or, you know, something you need insulin for your diabetes or what have you. Our military personnel mm -hmm. will not have the emergency medical supplies that they may wind up needing, especially if we get into a shooting war with the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, we've put ourselves in a position that is untenable, in short. And most of us are still oblivious to the extent of the peril, which is, again, one of the reasons why we've written the indictment. And and I, I, I so appreciate your comment at the beginning that, you know, this is a short readable treatment of what can be a very long and complex um, subject matter. We wanted to make it as accessible as possible to the lay person. Uh, and, and again, those webinars are a tremendous resource. And at Present Danger China, you can find them. And I really encourage, especially if you just, just watch one, watch the most recent one about Neil Shen and Sequoia. It is gobsmacking to say the least. And it's the kind of thing we have a need to know if we're to have the kind of course correction that is required. And just, I'll leave you with this thought. When I was a kid, I was powerfully imprinted by the effort that a guy by the name of Ronald Reagan, who I subsequently, as I mentioned, had the privilege of working for, in the mid-1970s, as a member of a group called the Committee on the Present Danger, asked this pickup team of national security professionals and business leaders and other public policy experts and academics and the like to give him a strategy that was not going to continue the appeasement, they called it the fancy French term detente at the time, or even the containment that had previously been practiced. He wanted rollback of what he considered to be the existential threat to freedom of that time, namely the Soviet Union. He got it from the committee. He took it to the American people for an electoral mandate in 1980, and he got it. And with the help of about 30 members of the Committee on the Present Danger, he set about executing that strategy. And the rest, Tommy, as they say, is history. It was an unrestricted warfare strategy of our own, interestingly mm. enough, and it resulted in the decisive defeat of the Soviet Union without firing a shot. Something the Chinese learned from and have practiced ever since against us. And with the help of 
what they called their hide and bide strategy. They managed to cause us to miss most of the warnings of what they were about. And hence, how urgent it is. And I am so grateful to you for taking the time to explore this with me and to help call attention to this book, The Indictment, because we need in 2024 to have a similar mandate sought for a course correction that will save our country from the threat posed by the Chinese Communist Party and their friends here inside the United States, the enemy within. The only question I have is, will it wait until November 2024? Will we find ourselves thrust by the Chinese communists into a shooting war in the meantime? And it leaves me with the concluding thought. We need God's help hmm. to prevent that from happening. I beseech it every day. I strongly encourage our colleagues and audience and comrades uh, who love this country to do the same because with his help obviously everything is possible without it this is going to be a, a very near run thing at best the last few years have completely driven me back to uh praying and having Good. a relationship having grown up uh roman catholic at a private catholic school and becoming an atheist at like 18 I'd say in the last three years, I've I've reversed that and then some. And uh, got religion, as they say. Yeah, I I, 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 I think it's Praise the only God. I think it's the only thing that is gonna work because this is Amen. this is no different. It, it's it's evil. It's it is uh, or it's it evil. is a spiritual war. You're yes, absolutely sir. right, and we're up against evil. People will deprecate how good we are, and maybe we're not in a perfect, absolute terms, but for sure relevant to and, and relative to that uh, that outfit that has brought us these crimes against humanity and war crimes against us, there's not even a close comparison. Yes, so, Tommy, I hate to leave you, no, but I, got you. Uh, I hope this is the first of many conversations. I've enjoyed it tremendously, and I thank you to uh, you and your audience, really, for the quality of your questions and your thoughts about all of this, and I hope you, that sir. we can... Uh, continue to develop them and more to the point we can help people understand how to act upon them which yes, is sir. of course the action act items in the indictment yes sir thank you sir it's yes, great sir. to talk with you God thank bless. you thank you guys guys go into the description please grab the book on audible go in there follow us twitter you can go to the website all that good stuff i'll email you i very much so look forward to talking to you again thank you so much for your time sir guys thank Not you for, for watching God bless. stay safe peace